this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. Hello again. Welcome to Top Quality Faith Ministries. My name is David. Um, I'm going to open us up in prayer before our speaker. So, God, we just uh, thank you again for another day of your presence and your love. And please open us up to receive the message today. Let it sit with us through the week and let us be a light to the world. Let us be different to the world and let us carry your joy and your peace in your life. Amen. Amen. With that, I'd like to introduce Pastor Kathy. Well, good morning and welcome to Top Quality Faith Ministries. Well, message for today. You know, it's something that all of you guys have probably heard over the years and you look at it and you truly say, ah, you know, I am so glad that I have grown in wisdom and knowledge and understanding that, you know, when I begin to look at this particular message, you literally say that, hey, there's no way that I'm looking at the word and I'm throwing it to the wayside because of, you know, my ability to receive uh, the word of God and be open to the things in which he has called forth. But that's not to sow. So we're in Matthew 13, uh, the parable of the sower. You know, want to give you guys more insight, more detailed understanding as to the things that God is really showing us at this particular time. And when he began to walk me through this particular message, he just reminded me of, you know, when I was young and uh, my parents would be at work and we knew the exact time in which my mother would get out for work. And because we knew what time she would get out for work, we would steadily look at the clock. And at this particular time, everybody in the house would start cleaning up because we knew if she came in home and the house wasn't in the state and condition that she perceived that it should be because we'd been home all day, she would really be in this bad mood and none of us wanted her in that bad mood because that meant she became a, a dictator in the household. And that means uh, what we were required to clean up, we're going to clean up that and some. And so um, I can recall, you know, when we thought she was close to the neighborhood, we would stay by the window and we would keep peeking out the window. And we always had a lookout. Somebody would look through the window to see if that's her. But sometimes we would judge as to whether or not she was coming by the sound of the cars that would come up and down the street. And my mother's car made a distinct noise. And so when we heard the sound, we could probably hear it from the beginning of the street. And as she proceeded to where our house was, we were able to clearly say, yes, that's her. And somebody would peek out the window and say, here she comes, here she comes. She's sitting in the car, she's getting out the car, she's coming up. And at that point, we would be doing our final preparations to ensure 
that everything was just. My mother was, uh, my mother, you know, when it came to housekeeping, you know, I, I truly say I got some of the things that she truly, you know, really believed in. She believed that the house wasn't clean unless you could see the lines on the carpet. And so if you could clearly see the lines on the carpet where the person vacuumed the floor, she knew that we did our job. And if there was a spot that she didn't see the lines, she knew that we would just push the vacuum cleaner to make it look like we did something, but there was dirt or whatever she could still see, and she would say, whoever had this, do this over. And so the Holy Spirit was reminding me something as simple as being that hear and seer. We would hear the sound of the car, hear what I'm saying, and then we would immediately look out the window to confirm that it was in fact her. And so I wanna take you guys into the message because I really want you to begin to understand what God is trying to get to us. And in many cases, we're not really listening with the intent to really understand things from a spiritual perspective. I'll give you guys an example. There were songs played earlier, and these songs that were played, and even as the dancer begins to dance to the song, for those of you who joined in earlier, you should have been able to enter into a heavenly realm because the songs and the dancer should have taken you from the platform of earth into the platform of heaven. But a lot of times we hear lyrics, but we're ne never really taking it in. And God is trying to get us to be in that place where we take in information and really begin to apply it. He, he also made me laugh because he said, how many songs you know? And I can truly say yesterday I was driving and I had sentiment, I mean, say on the other side of the seat, and as I was driving, a Christian song came on, and I kind of thought I knew all the words, but I found out if I knew one, it was a miracle. And so as I'm singing this song, I could say the lyrics that repeats itself over and over, that's what I knew. But all the details of the song of how he was edified, how he was exalted among men, or whatever the case may be, I didn't know the song, I didn't know the lyrics. And then every time I thought I got to a place that I really could sing it out, then I recognized I was bashing the songs and I was bashing it left and right. And then I just said, just hum it to yourself so she don't know that you don't know the song. And even in humming to myself, I still didn't know it. You know, and, and, and Christ literally showed me you're not listening with a tent to understand. You're just listening. And a lot of us come to church and we're just listeners. We're not looking to understand and to be elevated into a true encounter with God in the spirit. And those who are listening and truly seeking to understand, they are elevated and they have a true encounter in the spirit realm with God 
And even in that place, as the word is being shared, they're getting more and more and they're being edified, they're being transformed, and they're being changed. But a lot of us just here because, oh, it's good. I'm coming to church, coming to service, okay? As if we're doing God some kind of benefit by showing up like, oh, yeah, I'm coming. But if you're never here to listen, you're never here to take in, then what's the purpose? And so as we go through these examples, you know, I'm hoping to give you guys a different understanding of how you're supposed to go about hearing uh, and, and how not only are you able to hear, but to able to see. Someone gave me a, a word and it was about Solomon. And, and in her passage, I'm going to read what she wrote to me because it really rocked my soul to some extent because I was like, what the heck is this woman talking about? Why did God give me this word? I'm not understanding. And it, it went totally past me because I wasn't willing to hear, nor was I listening. And even when I read it, I read it more than one time. And every time I read it, I, I, I couldn't get it. But then God brought me into that place where I began to spend some quality time with him. And in spending that quality time with him, I was able to truly understand what he was telling me. And so the person who gave me the insight, it said, good morning, pastor. I was meditating uh, uh, on our meeting last week. And I was focused on an example that you gave in, uh, in the ministry about our Lord. And as I was just thinking about it, uh, he wanted me to remind you of a time in his presence. His presence was upon you, okay? And you felt his fire. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. I remember them times where God's presence was upon me and I felt his fire. But I just took it for granted and I just said, okay, Lord, uh, what do you mean by that? And then the woman continues to write. He did not release you until he was ready. And so even in that place, I can recall where I would get up early in the morning and I would spend quality time and I would just sit there and I would just really spend time with him. And I mean, there was a host of things that happened early in the morning when I would just sit there. He would say things to me. It wasn't where I was in that place where I would ask him questions. He would literally just be speaking to me. And so as I listened to the message that she gave me, it sounded great, but then I tossed it to the side. And it goes on to say, he wants you to recognize that when he is drawing you away, he's drawing you away to minister to you. Better for him, for you to minister to him. And I was like, no, whatever, okay? Still dismissed it. And it went on and say, says, and uh, this is a time when you are actually aware and simply yield uh, to him. And then she goes and basically says to be in a place where you're communing, communing with him and it's just you and him. Not in a place where you're in a uh, session, 
And not in a place where you're having a petition before him, but this is a place that he's calling you away to him. And then she gives me this scripture, Psalms of Solomon 7 through 11 and 12. So if you can read some of Solomon 7, 11 and 12, and then it says, come away, beloved. I'm just making sure that it's correct. Come away, beloved. Let us go forth into the field. Okay, let us lodge, lodge in the villages. And let us get up early in the morning to the vineyard and let us see the vine as it bucks. Okay, uh, where the grapes are, are bloomed. Okay, and so as I began to look at that, I was like, what the heck that means? Come on, on with this and that. Now, I understand some of Solomon, and I understand it, you know, from a perspective that really, really rocks your world when it comes to a place of intimacy with God. And I've been in so many places with him where he's been so intimate with me and that it just allows me to be into, into him in that particular fashion. And so let me let her read Psalms of Solomon and just see if you guys get these two verses. King James or? Doesn't matter. Song okay. uh, of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 11 and 12. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourish whether the tender grape appear and the pomegranates bud forth. There will I give thee my loves. And so when I looked at that, as I was looking at it last night, I guess I was looking at it from a place of trying to understand, and I think that's where we spend so much time in the word trying to understand it. But... After you hear the word, if you just come into that place of submission and just really resting before the Lord, I mean, the experience becomes completely different, and it's something that elevates you, and it takes you into another place. And so I stopped for a moment, and I literally did exactly what he gave me that the prophet said. And what I did was... I can't even say I did anything. I just made myself available for the Lord. And as I made myself available for the Lord, I guess, let me give you guys an understanding. I had a full day yesterday. Started at 2.30 in the morning. Got up at 2.30 in the morning and went to get my hair done. For my hair done, I went to another place. And by the time I got home, I was so exhausted. And, you know, I don't know if you ever eating dinner when you're so exhausted, you can't even get the food down, you seem like you chew for hours, and you're just sitting there like, oh, okay, having the most difficult time trying to get food down. And it was good food, but I just couldn't get it down because it, it just was wearing on me. Well, any, anyway, immediately after I ate the food, I went upstairs with the intent to sleep. I thought I was going to immediately go into the place of sleep, and what I normally watch is cartoons or something like that because... It has no meaning, has no purpose to it, and instantly I'll fall asleep on it, and then I'll click off the TV as I go forward. But that didn't necessarily happen. I found myself in a place to where I was so tired that I couldn't go forward. And in that place where I was so tired I couldn't go forward, 
the Holy Spirit began to move through me. And this particular passage became alive. For some reason, out of nowhere, because I was so tired, my mind drifted into the spirit realm. And what I found myself is this little girl with this huge God. I grabbed a hold of his hand, and we began to walk together. And as we began to walk together, we went into the vineyard. And as we began to walk into the vineyard, I seen the grapes. And as I looked at them, and this was so awesome, as I looked at them, I, I looked and they were uh, the green ones. And as I looked at them, I was like, oh my God. Okay, I see the grapes. But they, some of them started off very small and then other ones was huge, luscious, beautiful grapes. And they were the kind of grapes that you will eat because they look like they're perfectly clean. You know how you get them sometimes from the grocery store and you don't wash them off and you're just like, ooh, just pop a couple of them in my mouth. And as I began to pull these grapes off the vine, immediately a basket popped in my hand. And this basket pops in my hand and I'm like, oh my God, these are, there's a basket that I'm gonna put this in and all of a sudden I put the grapes in the basket. And then we went to see the pomegranate trees. And then when I looked up, I can see that some of them wasn't fully ripe, but the ones that were ripe, I didn't pick it, he picked it, and he put it in our basket. And then we walked forward to this green field that was so beautiful, I mean, so beautiful. And all of a sudden, he lays a blanket down for us to sit and to share the food. And he peels the pomegranate and he gives them to me. And you know how as a little kid, when you used to get a whole bunch of them, you just toss them in your mouth like this. And so I got a whole bunch of them and I tossed them in my mouth. And at that point, I have on this dress, this, this kid dress, you know, like Easter type dress, I would call it, to where it flows out and you can spin around in or whatever. I, the reason why I call it Easter type dress because my mother used to buy flowy dresses during, you know, uh, that particular season. I'll call it resurrection because it's not Easter. Resurrection, let me correct myself. And so uh, I began to dance around and I began to spin around and I began to just enjoy my company with him and as I began to enjoy the company with him, you know, I had no care. I had no thoughts. I had no desire for anything. It was just being in his presence was just so magnificent. And I kept running back to where he was seated on the blanket and he was laying sideways just watching me. I was his delight. I was his everything. I was everything that I was supposed to be. And I had no cares, no issue, or anything to be concerned with. And, and then he ushered me out of it. And in ushering me out of that place, I was still in that place of excitement because I had spent time and I just began to be giggling in a place of laughter. But I was 
open and available to receive anything that he would speak to me. And that's what he's trying to talk to us about the sower. It's someone that's readily willing and open to receive that really want to have a true experience and a true relationship with God. And they're not in these places to whereby they're, a, they're, they're hindered by the things that are going on inside of them and outside of them. And so it's so important that we stop and we walk through this because I was like, okay, I don't even know how to get it to him from a different perspective, so I'm just going to trust you in the midst of it because guess what? If I had that experience, that experience is still going on, and I'm not going to stop it. So, Lord, I welcome you to teach them whatever you have, even now. In Jesus' name, let's move forward. Matthew 13? Yes. What verse? One. Matthew 13. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. That's stop right there. So what I sent you, can we go over that please? I want to take the opportunity to break down this particular message from another viewpoint in order to get you to better understand what God is saying. The wayside was the path where people walked and nothing could grow because the ground was too hard. And let me make sure that you understand. So when you're looking at it from a spiritual perspective, the wayside was a path where people walked and nothing can grow. But if you really think about the wayside, it is where people walk over us and in that place that we have issues with people and we're unable to release them. So in this particular area of our vineyard, nothing grows because it's a place where we're highly offended. Hopefully you guys get that. And not only is it that, uh, that this, this is where some of us say, well, I'm trying to forgive. Mm. Or even in a place where we say, I can't forget. Okay, so this is the place where we're moved by people. And because we're constantly moved by people, it tends to be a problem for us. Somebody gives you insight to how they view you, and instantly you become a person that you're moved by the words in which they speak to you. But it's just their opinion. doesn't necessarily mean that everything is true about it. And even if it is true, you take that back to God. So you ask God to help you work on the things that are there. But 
again, this is people. This is parents, okay? I, I'll say it like that, too, because when I say people, you always have to look at uh, parents because a lot of people have issues with their upbringing and how their parents were to them as well. Bosses, okay? Uh, teachers, whoever it is, this is the ground where people continue to walk in this places, and it puts us in a position, I would truly say how the Lord says, area where you fail to stand up for yourself. Hopefully you guys get this, okay? So this is an area where we need to begin to see it from a spiritual perspective and really understand what is being shared here. And so when the Lord began to say to me this, he said, what does scripture says about people? He said, oh, no man, nothing but to love them. So if I'm really looking at scripture and I'm applying scripture the way I'm supposed to apply it, then no matter what they're doing to me, I should not be moved or offended by it. I'm supposed to just love them despite what is being given to me by them. So, and, and the Lord said to me, he said, mature people see it this way. Okay. Um, maybe I should read uh, the, about the sower parable itself. Okay. Um, it says here, a sower went out to sow. First it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. A sower went out to sow. Jesus spoke according to the agricultural customs of his day. In those days, seed was scattered first, and then it was plowed into the ground. Before one can be a sower, he must be an eater and a receiver. This one came out of the granary. The place let me, let me, let me, he must be an eater and a receiver. A lot of us are just listeners. Mm -hmm. We're not eaters and we're not receivers. And how we know we're not receiver, God will give you a word, a simple word of trust me, and you don't even know what to do with it. So you're not a receiver. And an eater is somebody that takes what's being given to them and they begin to process it on the inside of them and they do something with it. And a lot of us find ourselves, we're not eating. So if God says, pandemic, trust me, you're covered. I eat that word, I take it in, and I'm okay. But because many of us haven't even taken in the word based on what he says, I am going to protect you. So you're still in that person that you're a listener. You never ate the word. You never took it on the inside of you. And so you're in a place of panic. But true, true followers eat. And not only eat, but they receive everything as he say. But we know most of us are not eaters. We're questioners, right? Okay, why, Lord? Why you say that? Or somebody says, I love you. Why? Why you love me? You know, what did I do that you, you would love me? We're not receivers. And 90% of the time, people who are not receivers, you can just see what God is saying just stays out there. It floats in air. It never goes into the individual to cause change to come upon them and that he, where he is able to edify them in another way. So, sorry, okay, hopefully that got you. Stop being listeners, come into that place and truly receive and eat the word. 
This one came out of the granary, the place where seed is stored. And from his Bible, the sower brought forth seed. So this is the granary. This is what's on the inside of you. And how you know you have grain stored up is when someone speaks forth a revelation and then God gives you revelation by giving you scripture back and says, hey, this is what this is, or this is how this is. You know, I love how we interact a lot of times in Bible study, and I say, hey, everybody, you know, this is a place where we can come together and questions come forward. In that place where question comes forward, this is where the vessel is open, and in return, the spirit man eats, and it begins to push away all the things that, hinder it from receiving truth, and in return, it receives everything that God is requiring. Amen. Let's keep going. A sower, oh, I'm sorry. As he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside on stony places among thorns on good ground. In this parable, the seed fell on four different types of soil. We already talked about the wayside was the path where people walked and nothing could grow because the ground was too hard. Stony places were where the soil was thin, lying upon a rocky shelf. Okay, let me stop and say rocky shelf. These are areas that are hard within you, that you don't really receive word when God basically says, come out of these difficult places, this is the stuff that's on the inside of you that you tend to hold on to. And because you're holding on to, it begins to harden itself, okay? And so even in that place, you know, somebody says, uh, you're afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. That's normally what we will come back with, something along that line. But definitely you're afraid. And you're always pushing away the word uh, by fighting off what's truth. And in that place, you become hardened. And you're so hard in that particular area that God can't get in to minister to you in that area. But I love how it says that in that place, it, it sprouts, meaning that sometimes we want to change, but because of what we're dealing with is so hard, it doesn't allow for the seed to truly go down into the places to bring forth the change that you're looking to actually move in. It says, on this ground, the seed springs up quickly because of the warmth of the soil, but the seed is unable to take root because of the rocky shelf. Among thorns, describes soil that is fertile, perhaps too fertile because thorns grow there as well as grain. Okay, and you guys understand that. That means thorns grow as well as grain, but that still says there's some areas within you that you're still having issues with God with. He says, say it to you like this. Wow, he literally says your ideas perceives minds, meaning that he's trying to give you insight, but you have a better way of looking at it. And in the way you look at it, it's far beyond Christ. And so therefore, your wisdom is what stands in the way from you to be receiving true wisdom in that particular area. 
Wow. Okay. Good ground describes soil that is both fertile and weed-free. A good, productive crop grows in the good ground. Okay, and that's, I love how he said weed-free. That means that there's nothing hindering the word of truth from going in and producing what it needs to produce on the inside of you. How would I say this one, Lord? Well, he said it in the simplest way of all. I am Lord. This is the areas in which you allow him to be Lord in your life. And you're not allowing your own reasoning to hinder the things in which uh, he is bringing forth. So I'm going to go back to each one of them and give you guys a, a better example so that you can see it. So let's go to the first one and let me just hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to me so I can share it with you guys. Yeah, the first one. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Okay, and so this again is where people walk. And so the place where people walk, uh, God is basically saying in this particular area, He said, your focus should never be on what people do to you. It's what I can do. Amen. Okay? And so if when he basically said, my focus should not be on what people do to me, but what he can do, he immediately gave me a glimpse of what people were doing to him, and he was never focused on the things in which they were doing to him. Okay? <laughs> there were so many times that they were behind him are in front of him doing things or saying things about him and he was never really moved by them and so he continued to go forward despite what their action was toward him and so it's so important that we continue to move forward despite what others actions are in regards to us imagine he said imagine being in a place that you can go through your full day and nothing bothers you. Nothing offends you. Wow. I don't know why. Uh, something just popped up and I'm asking God, do I share that? Okay. And I'm sure something crazy. So <laughs> it was crazy to me. So we're driving down the street. Uh, last weekend and then driving down the street this car cuts me off and I could see it coming and I'm thinking that it's going to go into the center aisle and just stay, stay there and wait for me to pass it and I was already going the full speed limit and I kind of thought I could see the car coming out and if the car really got in front of me, I would have to slam on my brakes. And so I assumed that the car could gauge me and I can gauge it, and so no problem. So instead, what I thought the car was going to do, it didn't do. It just immediately cut me off and went in front. And I'm not a person that blows my horn. 
I don't do that. I just like, okay, whatever. And I just slow down and hit my brakes fast enough to not hit the car. And so Cinnamon reaches over on the other side, my daughter, and she immediately puts her hand on the horn and holds it there for a few minutes, which startled the person in the car ahead of me. And so I then turn around and say, I just look at the person. I don't, you know, when I get close enough to look at the person, I just look at them, you know, like, okay, you know. And so I finally get close enough to the person and the person's trying to get over to get in front of me again, okay? And I'm like, okay, you already got in front of me and now you're trying to do it again. And so in return, I try to uh, speed up, but then I take a look and I glance at the person in the car and I can see they're two elderly people. All of a sudden, you know, uh, I, I bypass it. I don't, I don't say anything or do anything negative, but I just look at them because it's just like sometimes when you look at people, you know, they know they made a mistake and that's it. And so I looked at the people and I continued to proceed forward, right? And all of a sudden, we look in the mirror and Cinnamon calls out, that car is behind us. So we think the car is following us, right? <laughs> so this car is now behind us. And so we automatically assume that the car is following us. And so I then turn to go on my street and this car turns and goes on, on the same street. And then I say, oh my God. So we're thinking some kind of confrontation was going to come or something. And so I bypass my house and I go all the way around and come back because I want to see where this car is going. And so I bypass, I go to the mailbox, I get the mail out, and then I come back. It's my new neighbors. Oh, wow. <laughs> and at this point, I'm, I'm kind of moved that Cinnamon blew the horn and did all of that because what impression do they have of us, okay? And the Lord even shows me in this particular situation How are you neighborly? Do you see what I'm saying? And so now I sit on the porch when I see them, they look the other way. And, and, and it wasn't something I intended to blow the horn, but even my Lord showed me my look was inappropriate because you never know people and truly understand what's really going on on the inside of them. Because if you really had a conversation, a lot of time when you go back and you assess the individual, that individual is never looking to hurt you. And, and I know you're never looking to hurt that per person. It is just how we navigate things. We just do things a little bit different. And so even when it came to the Pharisees and Sadducees, if they really knew what they were doing, do you think that they would have really, really did some of the things that they did? Half of the people that were in that place to destroy him came into the fold and truly became truly disciples of Christ. And so in that place, if you really remember Jesus on the cross, he's saying, forgive them, forgive them, because they know not what they do. And that's what we have to get into that true place when we're walking with people. How would I say it, Lord? Stop holding them accountable for things that you expect them to have knowledge of. He said, if you don't have everything, 
then how do you expect everybody to walk in the same place that I walk? Meaning, where he walks. All of us don't have the same, uh, we don't come in at the same time, we don't have the same level of understanding, and so we're going to have to be in that place where we extend mercy more than ever in order to get to that true place of love where he's requiring that all of us be with men. The second one. We're in Matthew 13, verse 5. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. This is just hard places. In a simple thing he says, how do you hold your Lord accountable for not bringing you out of something when you won't let him in? You guys get that one? I'm tired of this, Lord. I just don't understand why this is still happening to me. But even as he seeks to go in there, sometimes the hurt is so hard are so deep that you won't even let him in or better yet you won't let the word come in to massage that particular area to help you through it. And he literally said, I know it hurts. And he says, and it's not the easiest place He said, for you to manage the things that you have experienced that's negative. He said, but the only thing that I'm asking you in this particular area is that you not cling to these areas. And the way he said it to me, frailties. But you're open that I can make entry into these places and bring forth some change. Okay? Um, for those that fell on stony places, verse 6 says, And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Verse 7, And some fell among storms. Thorns. Oh my God. Let me basically say because it said scorch. You know how the word hits you like, ouch! And then you still don't do nothing with it. <laughs> Get it? Because it hurts. And, and, and even as he's trying to pull you out, it hurts. And we tend to look at places where it really hurts while the word is being served. We hear him, but because it's it's hurting as it comes out. Time we get out of his present, we look at it and then we put it to the side because it hurts too bad. Holy Spirit gives me the better example of how to get this to you guys is having a Band-Aid and you got to take that Band-Aid out and that sore is still open and you know how it's got the scab that has grown around and then you try to pull it. And you know how you pull the Band-Aid just a little bit and then you can see like, oh my God, and you know it's going to pull off your skin in the midst of it. 
and you're sitting back like because you know the skin is going to come off with it and then you when you pull it even more oh my god oh my god oh my god he just showed me something you pull it even more and as you're pulling it the skin comes off and it rips and then all you see is you know that uh yellowish you know crazy look that you can look like it looks like uh flesh or bone and the lord basically says when you're pulling it out and you take that band-aid out, you're opening that wound up so that air can come in and cause the healing to come forward. And so what he's basically saying in this particular area, as you begin to strip off that band-aid that you put over it, if it's your band-aid, he said, I'm opening it up and I'm allowing my word to come into that area to cause you to move in a place of change. Okay, so hopefully you guys get that. So a lot of times we want to put that Band-Aid back over it or we want to take another Band-Aid and put it on top of it. And he says sometimes even to the point where you guys go and you wrap it and try to keep it into that place. But he says, I want it to where it's open and that the flesh can be seen for what it is. He says and in that place where flesh is being seen for what it is, I have the ability to begin to wash it with my word and cause the change to come into these particular areas to where you are walking in full healing. Okay? Praise God. Wow, that was a good one. (laughs) Praise God. Matthew 13, verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. And and, and in this particular area, he's just showing me like things just poke at you. Okay, you guys understand. This is the area to whereby things are poking at you. And then he says, wow, he he shows me like, you know, uh, many of us go to the park and have picnics. And we may sit on the grass for whatever reason or something. But then by the time we get home, if we had on socks or if we had on some uh, clothing and the clothing touched the ground more readily, he said you have these little thorns on the back of it and you find yourself pulling them off. And he literally said sometimes they get embedded in material or they get embedded in places, but he says, but they're never, how would I say it? They're never truly attached to you. They, they come alongside and they get attached to something, uh, say your garments, but it's never attached deep on the inside of you. And so they're more easier to release. Wow. He goes on to say to me, he said this, he said the best example he can give you, this has to do with disappointments and things such as that. And your disappointment extends from a lack of understanding. And a lot of times we're in these places where we have a lack of understanding and we think we have it all. And so it becomes a thorn because you didn't have full wisdom in that particular area. And because you didn't have full wisdom, it tends to hurt a little bit. But then once you get the knowledge and the wisdom in that particular area, it tends to come off quickly. Is there another example you want to give in this one? He 
He also talks about false hope in this particular area. And the way I can describe false hope from him is, how would I say that, Lord? He said, lack of truly listening and understanding. You have just enough to be dangerous with. And then, you know how flesh adds on to that dangerous part? You know, it, it would be like, the Holy Spirit gives me an example. You know, God tells you, you can go and purchase a car. And he says, get what you like. But the budget truly says you, that you only can get this or that and, 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 and your limit. But he still says, get what you like. But in the parameters of what you're able to afford. Hopefully you guys get that because a lot of times when God says get what you like, you will overhear like, oh, I'm going for the Mercedes, I'm going for the Lexus and stuff. And then he's like, wait a minute, what you like within these guidelines, okay? And we take it to that whole nother guideline and we begin to look at things from a whole different point of view and God's saying, wait a minute, there's still parameters within everything I established. Did you guys get that? There's still parameters in everything I established. I'm not going to have you to get something that's going to cause you to basically begin to worship it. And then as you worship it and it's not something that I ordain for you to have, then I'm going to have to take it from you. Okay? So hopefully you guys got that one. Praise be to God. Verse 8, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. And he just simply says, I am Lord. <laughs> he keeps saying, and the good ground is where we allow him to be Lord. And there's areas where we truly, truly allow him to be Lord. And he's able to do anything that we allow him to do. Okay, so praise God. Let's move forward. Verse 9, who have ears to hear, let him hear. So go back to the document. Because I love the way he said in this particular passage about people having ears to hear, let him hear. And I always looked at this from a different viewpoint, and it's not necessarily the correct. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This was not a call for all to listen. Rather, it was a call for those who are spiritually sensitive to take special note. Did you guys get that? So it's not, oh, let me listen now. You know how in Revelation it says, he who has ears, let the reader hear and understand and perceive. The first thing I do is every time I go into Revelation and I'm reading that for end time, I always think that I got to be attentive to the word. But in all areas where the word is being shared, I need to be attentive. It's not just when I say, oh, you're supposed to be listening to, uh, to receive. It's really saying, pay attention. Listen. Understand what he's saying. This was especially true in light of the next few verses in which Jesus explained the purpose of parables. Why do you speak to them in parables? The way Jesus used parables prompted the disciples to ask this. Apparently, Jesus' use of parables wasn't as easy as simple illustrations of spiritual truth. Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Jesus explained that he would use parables so that the hearts of those rejecting would not be hardened, hardened further. 
Did you guys get that? That's what I love. That so it's so just, it, it, it's to protect us. So that we wouldn't be in that place that we're hurting even more so. So if we don't get it, you have to look at it as, oh my God, God's protecting me from damaging myself even further. So I praise God for that as well. The same sun that softens the wax hardens the clay. And so the very same gospel message that humbles the honest heart and leads to repentance may also harden the heart of the dishonest listener and confirm that one in their path of disobedience. You guys get that. So it's basically saying that the word cuts in two ways. It cuts to whereby it brings forth <laughs> fruit, the good fruit, but it also causes those who are not really having the intent to really understand God, to really see their themselves in a way that they see the need to change. Okay? The parable conceals truth from those who are either too lazy to think or too blinded by prejudice to see. It puts the responsibility fairly and squarely on the individual. It reveals truth to him who desires truth. It conceals truth from him who does not wish to see the truth. Jesus. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> I love you, Lord. Thus the parable spoke to the crowds, spoke to the crowds, do not simply convey information, nor mask it, but challenge the hearers. Did you get it? So God, every time he shares the word with us, he's looking to challenge us. He's looking to move us into a greater relationship with him. And how do I say this, Lord? He says, I'm never looking for you to be the same way that you came in. Amen. He said, my desire is that each of you are enhanced in every way. Causing you to truly see the kingdom. And, and in truly seeing, seeing the kingdom, it's a place where you understand where you live. He says, speak on that. Every time I'm, I get lost, I do know where I live. And the Lord reminds me, even as a kid, remember when the children would go to school or we would go to school, what did your parents say to you most of all? What's your address? Mm -hmm. Tell me your address again. And they would have us to repeat our address and we would make absolutely sure that we knew our address because we needed to know how to get home. And so I can recall on many occasions, uh, my mom would call us all in the room and she'd say, tell me your address. And as little kids, we would have to basically say, this is our address. Sometimes when we were traveling in the car, she would literally ask us to call out what, what direction she was to turn to make sure that we knew the way home as well. And so it's so important that you understand home. Home is heaven. Home is not this earth. Hear what he's saying to you. Understand the words that he's speaking and how do I say it in the way that you want me to say it, Lord? 
He said the illustration here is that everybody knows where they live. And he says, in the world, you always give directions to your home. But in the spirit, I'm always giving you direction to your true home. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. The idea is that those who are open and sensitive to spiritual truth, more will be given through the parables. Yet to those who are not open, who do not have, these ones will end up in an even worse condition. That's why we find some people in the body of Christ frustrated with Lord with their Lord and they're frustrated because they're really not open. <laughs> Have you ever seen somebody that's not open to truth? They think truth is supposed to come one way. It's like, if God doesn't speak it to me, then it's not true. God has so many vessels and he uses so many people and he uses so many things to basically get revelation to us. And all of us have to be open to whatever avenue that he deems to bring forth wisdom. And it's so important that we're open and we're not shutting down vessels as well. You know, uh, sometimes a vessel may not speak fullness to you or you perceive that what that vessel is basically providing you may not be true to you. But a lot of times we can't even define whether or not it's true or not. It's because we're not looking from a spiritual perspective. We're looking for an earthly perspective and we're trying for somebody to speak into a particular area that we won't even allow God in. So what do you do? You deem that every man is, is false. They're a liar. No, they're not. You have to begin to look at these particular areas where you're lacking wisdom and truly present them to God and ask him to help you to be open in these areas. Wow. <laughs> Life is always a process of gaining or gaining more or losing more. For weakness, like strength, is an increasing thing. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In this sense, the parables of Jesus were not illustrations making difficult things clear to all. They presented God's message so the spiritually sensitive could understand. But the hardened would merely hear a story without keeping up additional condemnation for rejecting God's word. I love the spiritually sensitive. Are you spiritually sensitive? He told me to ask that question again. Are you spiritually sensitive? Or are you in that place that you question everything and accept nothing? And he's literally saying that for those who are spiritually sensitive, he's able to provide greater insight into the kingdom. I would ask the question, how do you become spiritually sensitive? By being in a place that you become a eater and a receiver, remember that? 
So spiritually sensitive people are eaters and they're receivers. And so as word is being shared, even this word, you're taking the time and you're like, oh gosh, I got it. Oh gosh, Lord, I understand what you're saying to me. I'm eating the word. And how you know you're eating the word, the Holy Spirit is like constantly doing this. He's constantly hitting you as the word going. And he said, pay attention to this. Look at this. Look at that. Pay attention. I know you guys can't see David, but every time something hits him, he looks over to his wife and like, oh, wow. And he literally <laughs> looks in that direction. And I love it because I can clearly see where God is saying to him, eat this. Eat that. Eat this. And he looks at her. So I can't necessarily say that he's eating it. I just see that he acknowledged that he should be eating it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> With the hopes that he digests what he's hearing. And he gets to that place that he begins to move in it. Okay. Because a lot of times when we get, get revelation, you know, I love when I get, I, I share out something really great and Takiya gets it. I laugh because she'll do like, oh, wow. And then all of a sudden she gets something back and she'll throw something back at me. And then I'm like, oh, wow. And so we both look at it. But sometimes we get caught up in the oh, wows. Okay? And, and we're so moved by that, oh, wow, oh, wow. You know, like the Band-Aid situation that he just showed me. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, wow, the Band-Aid. And I get so caught up in the Band-Aid, but if I get past the Band-Aid situation, he's just literally saying, I need access to these difficult areas. I need you to strip off your protection and allow me to come into it and heal it. And that means it has to be exposed. And when something is exposed, you're going to keep looking at it, do you see? And you're going to be like, oh my God, this looks ugly as it's healing. But even though it looks ugly, it's healing, okay? It, it goes from ugly to good, okay? And then you don't see it anymore. And then you're like, oh wow, what was that scar? But I think we live in the ugly place, like, oh my God, it looks ugly, oh, it's like ugly. And because it feels and it looks ugly to us, the first thing we want to do is keep covering it up. And so being a listener, I really understood that parable because he's literally saying, ah, difficult areas, open it up. And so in my mind, I'm saying, have access because I'm an eater and I'm a receiver. I can't say when I get out of this platform, I'll be like, Lord, cover that stuff up again. And I may go back to my natural way of acting, and that is, you can't get that right now. <laughs> no way. You ain't can't get that right now. But true eaters and receivers are people who always make themselves available to God. And they're always crying out for change. Parables are an example of God's mercy towards the hardened. The parables were given in the context of the Jewish leaders building rejection of Jesus and his work. In this sense, they were examples of mercy given to the undeserving. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. By speaking in parables, Jesus also fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah speaking in a way that the hardened would hear but not hear and see but not see. 
The heart of this people has grown dull, is more literally fat instead of dull. A fat heart is a fearful plague. None can delight in God's law that are fat hearted or that are fat hearted. Wow. So it's saying fat. That means how would I say it in another way, Lord? He, he literally said it's a place of comfort. You know, when you feel all full and you feel, you know, like, oh, God, that meal was great. He said immediately you come into that place of comfort where you just get in that place and you get comfortable. And he says even in that place of comfortable, you begin to rest. And he said even in that area, you fall asleep. And so you're no longer tending to the areas that are in need of help. You're sleeping. Wow, that's deep too. Because I, I, I can truly see in me some areas where I'm just so comfortable in it and, and I'm asleep. And, and he's trying to open us up so that he can deal with these particular areas. Wow. He didn't say you deal with it. He said that he can deal with it. And how he's going to deal with it is through you eating and receiving the word. Amen. Wow. Uh, eating and receiving the word. So if God literally speaks, be thou healed, if you eat and receive that word, then it's done. Amen. He says, say to them, sometimes that's all that's needed. He said, I don't need to cast out a demon. He says, I don't need you to do a 21-day fast. He says, I just need you to eat and receive what I have. He said, truth changes. All men. And it, and it gives me a simple example. I remember as a little kid when the bike first came, you know, I was so totally excited that the bike was there. And I, I could ride that bike all day long with training wheels. But when they took off the training wheels, I was like, it ain't the same bike. And even though I got on the bike and I began to ride, because then I learned how to balance. Did you get it? I learned how to balance. And in that place where I learned how to balance, then it was no longer scary. And it was easy for me to actually ride the bike to whereby I came so good that I could pop woolies, okay, and I could ride without uh, my hands on the handlebars, you know, uh, I, I would make you guys laugh because recently I took up bike riding again. And, you know, it was easy to balance the weight when you were thinner. And now that I'm a little bit heavier, so I'm trying to balance the weight on this bike. And every five minutes, I'm like doing this or doing that. And I got to grab a hold to the wheel. I can grab a hold to the handlebars just to sustain myself. And then I said, oh, I wonder if I can lift the bike up. I can't even move the bike up. And, and it's not that the bike has changed. 
Get up. <laughs> I've changed. And, and I have to learn to allow God to shift the weight of some of these issues, if you guys hear what I'm saying, and bring me into that place where he balances me in these difficult places where I'm no longer able to operate as I was, okay? And so as we mature, we have to ask God to shift the weight in us and begin to balance the things, and we have to stop trying to balance it on our own. Hopefully you guys got that. Praise God. Wow, we get parables with parables. <laughs> We're coming to a close. They did not really see what they saw, nor hear what they heard. The plainer the teaching, the more they were puzzled by it. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. In light of this, those who do understand the parables of Jesus are genuinely blessed. Not only do they gain the benefit of the spiritual truth illustrated, but they also display some measure of responsiveness to the Holy Spirit. And, and I take you back to me walking and me seeing the vineyard. I've been there before. And the main reason I've been there before, because I've been in that place where I wasn't trying to figure out things. I was in that place that I was just trusting and allowing God to move. That's the good seed, that's the good ground. It's where you're not trying to help God, you're allowing your Lord to be himself. And as he is himself, he brings you into that place to whereby it is so beautiful because you're in a place where you're teachable. And not only in the place that you're teachable, but I will say the way he said, you know your address, you know where you live. And in that place where you truly know where you live, he's able to show you everything that you're living for. Wow. I'm living for you, Lord. And in that place I'm living for you, I have the ability to share with others what it means to be an ambassador of the kingdom. Hear what Christ is saying to you today. Being more open to his word and accept the things that he's calling for. Go back to Jamila, did I miss anything? Just one piece. Okay. You, under the gospel, are made to know what the greatest and best of men under the law could not discover. The shortest day of summer is longer than the longest day in winter. Well, you would sit back and say, what does that mean? From a worldly perspective, you just say, the shortest day is summer, as long as in the longest day in winter. So when you begin to look at that, Christ says, he says, see beyond what's being said. That example just represents time. And what I'm asking is that you spend quality time with me in the place where I can elevate you and me. 
He said, greater wisdom, greater understanding is what most of you guys are desiring. He said, take my hand. Allow me to lead you. It's funny. When I stopped to look at the place that he was leading me, I was walking. Wow. Never really would have expected myself to look like a little kid to him as I'm walking alongside of him. But because he was so huge and I was so small, I probably was as I am today. But in my heart, I was that child that was open and receptive to anything that's being said. And, you know, I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, we showed Amanda and David's baby. But I love the thought that every single time, and I probably think, I probably assess with it because the videos pop. And the first thing I do is like, okay, what is he doing today? And, you know, uh, I think he has this big old red unicorn thing that, you know, is so exciting. I was like, oh, gosh, if I was a kid, I would just love this, okay? And so I was like, oh, my God, some of the toys that this kid has is just so amazing, okay? And everything they're presenting to him, he's open and receptive to it. I sit back and I watched how he was in the little swimming pool, the tinted swimming pool. Let me make sure that I call it out for what it is. It is the tinted swimming pool where he has the little balls in it and his mom pushed the water and then after she pushed the water and showed him what to do, then he just went on his own and had his own little ball. And that's how Christ wants to be with us. He wants to be able to introduce things to us. And, and that we're open and receptive to it, and we begin to experience the fullness of whatever he's bringing in our place. And so maybe that's why I get so excited when I see the next latest greatest. And then, you know, he had on this cool outfit, you know, who ever thought to take the legs out of a pants, of the pants, and just put it to whereby the kids wouldn't have dirty knees because I used to recall when my kids were little, I couldn't stand their knees being so dirty. You know, uh, you would put the girls on a dress and then you were like, oh my God, you've been crawling on the floor forever. And you had a hard time taking that out of their skin. But even as I was looking at him as he was scooting along the path and I was like, oh wow, that's really cool. And then when I stopped to look at that, the Lord just was showing me like even in that place, I'm able to enhance you in the little things that you are in need of, I'm able to provide. And you'll really see these things as cool because God adds to you and brings you into the place that you're ever so much growing rapidly on the inside. And that child experience is where this child is nine months, I got to see the birthday of nine months, nine months celebration. Can't wait till we start walking, okay? <laughs> but in that place, he's nine months into his new life. And it's ever so exciting because his parents are presenting him with the best of the best. And if you really look at it, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual relationship with God. Maybe you're nine months in, maybe you're five months in, maybe you're 10 years in, but it should be the best experience ever. 
And, and if at any point in time you forgot about what it means to be that child, go back. He's happy to take you back to that experience to where you're truly eating and receiving everything that he has for you. And so as simple as this, if you can just follow me in this simple uh, prayer, Lord, even in the place that I am, take me back to that child. Cause me to be open. And for all these examples of how seed grows, or better yet, how seeds rest on the inside of me, Grant me the wisdom to see things from your viewpoint that the changes that you're destined for me to walk in, that I'm willing and I'm able. And if I'm that new believer that hasn't accepted Christ even yet, as of today, Lord, even now, I have heard your word. And not only have I heard, I have eaten and received the words of the messenger. And today I invite you in my life to be my Lord, to be my Savior, to be my God. Do, it, do with me as you please. I accept you and I know even now that you welcome me into the kingdom. And I thank you, even now, for the works that you're going to do on the inside of me. And I'll speak to the backslider. And, and, and what I call the backslider, the one that's got all these thorny grounds, okay? These thorns keep popping up and they're still focused on them. Remember, they're, folk, they're on your garments, but they're not necessarily on the inside of you. But even in that area where there's thorns, Lord, let them not be distracted, but let them fully come into a place that you're destined for them to be. And let them receive and eat of the table that you lay before them that is nourishing to their soul. Lord, let them remember their address and let you remind them of what kingdom looks like. And even as they accept and welcome you back, Lord, I ask that you elevate them. It said the seed, some 60 and 100 fold. So giving them a hundred fold blessing in all areas of their life. But even for the one that continues to eat and nourish on your word, show them more of your kingdom. That they may be able to share for the kingdom with all they encounter. And in Christ Jesus' name I pray. Be blessed. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org, 
Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.